Tim Lacombe, Jake Scott joining us now. What's your guys' thoughts? That's a heartbreaker right there. Um, you know, you talk about all those plays that stand out, <clears throat> times that by 100, and that's where Quinn's mind's going to be all night long, just thinking about every one of those things um, that kind of had to go that way. Uh, we did see, and I don't know if you guys saw, but the referee was standing out of bounds, and the ball hit the referee first. On the Royce play. On the oh, Royce really? play. Yeah, yes. it hit the ref. And I didn't see it the first series of um, of replays, but then late in the later in the broadcast they showed it, and you could see it hit the ref who was standing out of bounds. So that that made sense to me. We could not figure out because everything it showed showed that Royce was made a made a good play. Well, that is That's a- interesting because boy, it wasn't visible. But- yeah, it, it was, you know, but you kind of had to be looking for it. It happened right at the beginning of, of our clip of it, you know. So that's why it was a little bit of a mystery. Um, but I had heard or read online that that was the call, so we were able to see that. But, it's weird that they'd have to review that, though. Wouldn't the ref just say it hit yeah, me? Yeah, it hit me. Yeah, I mean. It's true. They went through that long review process, but, I mean, that's what, uh, that's what everybody's saying online. I wonder if we'll get a pool reporter. Uh, tonight who gets a chance to ask about some of these. And, and, I mean, all that being said, all those those plays, I mean, really, to me, the second half I felt like, and, and David, when I walked past you, you know, during one of the, the breaks, uh, you had said this, but it's it's exactly true. There were a lot of, of tough possessions, empty possessions. Um, you know, you can go back and kind of identify them one by one, but they all add up and make what ended up being a, a prayer by Embiid, you know, be a – a factor in the game because, you know, they just didn't have that ability tonight to get separation because there were too many empty possessions. And give Joel Embiid a lot of credit. They changed the game when he was out, and then he closed in that fourth quarter. The game changed to Dwight Howard in that bench unit when they brought him back, and then he was really virtually unstoppable there late. I mean – Rudy had stymied him for much of his career, and that's the best Joel Embiid's ever played against Rudy. And and then we did, you know, there are some – this team is not flawless, Ron. We've seen some weaknesses, and one of them is if you have multiple wing scorers, we don't have multiple wing defenders. And so if Royce O'Neal's on one guy and you can go find the other guy, that's a real problem for us. And Bogdanovich trying to guard Tobias Harris in the in the in the – Overtime was not a matchup that was good for us, and the minute we switched Royce, they went and found something else, and we've seen that a few times here from different teams. Yeah, we we, we definitely have... Uh... Oh, Ron had to go to TV. Okay, I was waiting to be <laughs> we're all kind, in, but I didn't we're want all to... No, I just, realized, rooms, I just realized Ron had to go do TV. No, it's, it's Ron's from our, our broadcasting from our other studio, so he snuck out on yeah, us. Has just there been a, a night where the yeah. remote broadcast was more of an S show than this one? No. <laughs> well... They the the TV didn't get some key stuff in the shot, right? But uh, no, I feel like that's <clears throat> you know that what you say is is totally true. They that I had that feeling there there was definitely a, a similar feeling in the Miami game. You know them just going at the Jazz and the Jazz un, unable to get a stop. Um, the Pelicans game obviously that that uh, crazy night in the paint, and then you know you kind of had that sec, that feeling tonight late in the game and, and into the overtime. Jazz shoot one of ten in overtime, one of seven from three. Donovan was great, but not um, brilliant. What did I do wrong? Oh, you just give me those papers? That should be the final box. Okay, I have the other one coming if you want it. Okay, sorry. 
It's just reality. Yeah, it is. We print each other's box scores out. We have to, we do that now. So, all right. Have fun, guys. (laughs) Thank you, David. David. Have a great night. Uh, The Jazz fall tonight in overtime to the Sixers, 131 to 123. We're breaking it down. Starting off next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night, post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe, tough one tonight. Jazz falling overtime to the Philadelphia 76ers, 131 to 123. And, you know, I'm not usually in touch with vibes or anything like that, but you can feel the frustrated vibe from Jazz fans in the air tonight, Tim. Oh, there's no doubt. Um, and there's a lot of reasons to be frustrated with that one. I mean, when you. When you have a, a, a couple of things happen like that so that, uh, you know, a guy can shoot a three and make it, send it to overtime, you know, the Jazz did a, a great job down the stretch of, the, of regulation until those last few possessions. Um, you know, Conley with that big-time assist in the corner to Bogdanovich. And, um, and then, like David said, the Jazz had the ball with an opportunity, uh, three shots at an opportunity to go up two possessions. So all that stuff drives you crazy. And then, you know, Embiid, you know, drives that thing back out, shoots the three, makes it, and then a couple of the things that went wrong with the officiating um, obviously just leads to a real frustrating night for everybody. Well, listen, I, I feel for Bogdanovich, and we'll talk about it because the Sixers took it right at him down the stretch. But on that prayer that Embiid hit from three, Bogdanovich was in his pocket. I mean, and, I was and worried did he was not foul, foul him. Yeah, 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 and I couldn't have contested that better. And, I mean... The prayer is answered. What are you going to do? I mean, those those are tough. This is a, a tough pill to swallow, I'm sure, for for Jazz fans and players. And but I mean, I don't know how you could have defended that particular play any better. No, I, I had no issue with that play whatsoever. Yep. Um, it ended up being a switch, and there was kind of a lack of communication. Uh, but they ended up figuring it out. And and I thought again, I was worried Bojan was going to run him down. I thought he he actually contested the shot about as good as you can. He did, but uh, it goes in, and then the the Jazz come out in overtime, and and the Sixers really take it to him, thirteen to five. Joel Embiid obviously was terrific, uh, forty points, nineteen rebounds, two block shots for Embiid, and uh, we'll we'll get into all of this. But I actually thought the run where Dwight Howard was on the floor at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter, was really where Philly kind of put it into an extra gear. Yeah, it, it was. Uh... He brought, a, he brought an energy, and it was similar to kind of what he did with the Lakers last year. You know, I thought he come, came in off the bench and did a great job. Um, how about he bangs a three tonight? That's his 12th three, uh, or 13th three, sorry, of his career. And, you know, it, again, that's another piece of the, of the puzzle that has to all come together for you to lose a game. Dwight's got to hit a three. Unbelievable. So all that stuff just drives you mad. Donovan tonight had 33 points, eight rebounds, and six assists before getting ejected. Uh, in the overtime period, uh, picked up a couple of technical fouls, picked up uh, the one technical foul where uh, Embiid was blocked by the rim, and there was a foul call on Rudy, and the whole team reacted upset, and Donovan Mitchell ended up getting a technical foul there, and then technical foul after a couple of threes, uh, one of which he thought he was fouled by Ben Simmons. And I think, and we'll hear from Donovan Mitchell uh, in the post game here, which I, I would assume he's going to be uh, grumpy, but I thought his ejection was really the culmination of uh, let's uh, a game's worth of frustrations. Maybe that's fair. I'm not. I'm not so sure it was over one particular incident. I think uh, that was just a a, a whole uh, eruption of frustration when the game was pretty much over. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a combination of his frustration with some of the 
situational stuff. And then, you know, he, he could have been too happy the way he played. Um, you know, he, he, in my mind, for the first time in a while, Donovan got rattled. And he, did. he ended up taking some, some crazy shots off no passes. Um, I think, you know, this is just me from a distance, but I think there's always going to be that battle between he and Simmons their whole career. Yep. And I think Donovan, you know, really that, that's something that irks him. And I think there's part of this, parts of this game where it kind of got into a, uh, you know, situation where they're trying to one-up on one another. I almost felt like there's some games within the game that really distracted from the Jazz winning the game. You know, we don't like to complain a ton about the refs on the show, and we really don't um, on, on pre-half and post. And I, didn't, uh, I know a lot of folks out there don't want to hear it, but uh, as long as we're going at it, why, might as well bring some stuff up. Donovan missed a bunch of layups tonight, and he does not get the call going to the basket like others. And I, I would guess that's part of his frustration is when he beats his guy and he still gets shoved going to the rim and he makes a lot of those layups, but there's always a lot of contact and it rarely gets called. I agree. I, I've said all year, and, and I don't know if, if it's something with the way, I know he falls down a lot and I know he um, maybe jumps backwards a lot. So sometimes you, the, the angle can be distorted. But to me, it seems like, for the amount of time that he goes at the rim, uh, I don't feel like he gets the same sort of whistle. Like there were there were four or five times tonight where Embiid offensive glass just chucked dudes. You know, like Royce O'Neal had no chance if he's trying to block Embiid because he just chuck him. And so a guy like that can do that, but yet Donovan can't get a call going to the rim. So that's part of the in- inequity. That really drives you crazy, you know, when you're watching a particular team. I just imagine how many, I mean, Donovan would have had 40 tonight if he would have gotten some of those calls going to the rim. Just, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm sure it's frustrating. He shot six free throws tonight. It just seems ridiculous. And Donovan himself, you know, pulled up for some mid-range shots that were a little weird. And, you know, he certainly didn't play the perfect game. But, yeah, I I just don't get how, you know, every other, you know, quote-unquote star in the league gets those calls every time. I mean, I know James Harden is the ultimate example, but, you know, he goes to the basket and you breathe on him and he's going to get that whistle. I don't know, you know, at what point can you start, you know, saying, oh, he hasn't earned that call, which I think is a ridiculous concept to begin with, by the way. But at what point do you go, oh, okay, he's made a couple all-star games. I guess when he gets uh, knocked over going to the rim, we probably ought to blow the whistle. I don't know when that becomes. Which is such a stupid thing about the NBA, by the way. Right. And Because then you become immortal. When right. you're playing still like Jordan, and you can literally can't sneeze on a dude, and it, they're going to bail him out. So I, yeah, I like you. I don't know the protocol. Like I don't know if they give a, a cheat sheet to the referees to say, okay, this guy's only in year three. We're not going to give him any of that. Right. And, and you know, guys like Donovan are just going to quit going to the basket, which would be a shame. But I mean, it's it's hard to com- complete those layups. I mean, I you know one of the calls Donovan Mitchell had to be upset about is that uh, that offensive foul he got uh, that had to be was that overtime or regulation where he had back to the basket against Ben Simmons and made the quick. Oh yeah, yeah. They called the offensive foul. and they foul. called the offensive foul on that when Ben Simmons had Donovan's arm pinned oh, under ridiculous. his own. Yeah. I mean, it you know those. It's amazing to me that he doesn't get those. Let me just put it that way. I don't. I didn't, like you said. I don't know what you got to do to quote unquote earn that whistle, but he just, he certainly does not get it. And uh, Philadelphia comes away with the win in overtime over the Jazz 131 to 123. Stay tuned because coming up next, we'll get you some sound from the locker room, which I'm guessing should be fairly lively. I, I, if we, we hear from Donovan, it should be fairly lively. We told our guy Alex to keep his hand on the dump button. Keep it close. <laughs> there may be some fun stuff. Things might get real coming up. Stay tuned. 
Uh, for the, uh, with that, we will say good night though, to our, uh, network stations, uh, as the jazz lose tonight, one thirty-one uh, to one twenty-three in overtime to the Sixers. Our next broadcast, this feels weird a week from Friday, get a little more than a week off people as uh, the all-star break is here. Uh, next up, the jazz will take, <clears throat> excuse me, on the rockets here at Vivint arena. That game will tip off at eight o'clock. Uh, and of course you'll hear it all right here on the zone sports network. For those of you sticking around with us sound from the locker room coming up next here on the jazz radio network. Jazz game night post game show here on the jazz radio network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller, Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. 131 to 123 is your final Jazz fall in overtime to the Philadelphia 76ers. The Jazz go into the All-Star break now at 27 wins and nine losses. Let's get to your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Tonight, the Jazz shot <clears throat> excuse me, 44% from the field, 47.7% from three, 21 of 44. They were led by Donovan Mitchell's 33 points on 12 of 34 shooting. Mike Conley had 18 Bogdanovich had 18. Uh, Joe Ingles had 16 coming in off the bench. Uh, Jordan Clarkson with 10. Uh, Rudy Gobert had 12 points, nine rebounds, four assists, and a couple of block shots. But the Jazz come up short. Sixers, 40 points from Joel Embiid on 14 of 27 shooting. He also had 19 rebounds. Uh, Tobias Harris with 22 points. Ben Simmons with 17 and six assists. Seth Curry uh, with 14 and Dwight Howard with 12 points coming in off the bench. You know, we mentioned uh, Tobias Harris is 22. He did some of that damage toward the end of the game and in overtime. He's a fine player, and they certainly took advantage of of that matchup against Bogdanovich. Yeah, they they went right at it. And like you said, it's become a, a little bit of a pattern, uh, much to David's point. You know, when you don't have multiple dudes that are going to be guarding that wing, I almost wondered, you know, after the first two times, I would. I don't know if I would have minded throwing Donovan at him, you yeah. know, and just having him try to stand him up. But, um, you know, really great play by Doc Rivers to do it, but certainly becoming a pattern that uh, the Jazz need to prepare for. Yeah, that's going to be an adjustment they'll they'll need to make. Is uh, you know the the season wears along, and when you're the you've got the best record in the league, you're going to get everybody's best shot, and they're going to scout you, and they're going to game plan for you, and that's going to be something they're going to have to look for. Yeah, and the, and right now, uh, obviously, another night where. The defense was actually pretty solid for most of the night. Um, but then, uh, you know, there was that little stretch where uh, Philly's able to kind of get back in the game, and it was a game. Uh, and then off, over time, the Jazz did not guard very well. No. And, and again, same type of thing we talked about the other night. And with Miami, ball got wherever it wanted to go, and that's really hard for the Jazz to guard. You know, I this is just uh, you know opinion on my part, and don't mean to be, be like excuse making, but that performance in overtime, I, th- I think the Jazz had come a- completely unraveled. By oh, there's that no point. question. Yeah, uh, you and I are sitting here watching that. As soon as it went to overtime, you and I look at each other and said, "I, I don't think they're going to get this one," because it seemed like everything was going Philly's way, and the Jazz were rattled. They were obviously rattled, and we'll hear some post game sound, but I, I would guess we're going to hear some rattled players in the post game. And it's really hard in that moment. Like it's hard, you know, when you're sitting in your living room where we're sitting here and it's frustrating, but imagine all that energy and effort and you have to play through, you know, those types of situations. And Quinn alluded to it. It's part of the mental challenge right. um, of playing the game on the road and with officials and the whole thing. All right, let's get some post-game sound going. Let's start off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. 
Thank you. So obviously, uh, down the stretch, you know, there were some whistles that didn't go your way. Um, seemed like maybe the team started kind of reacting to that. How did you feel about the calls that were made kind of in the in the stretch of the game and, and how that impacted uh, how you guys played at the end? Well, you know, the challenge is when you don't get the whistle that you want, um, those things always happen and it's to play through it and to continue to compete. Um, I thought we did that. Um, obviously, you know, I heard Donovan's comments and, you know, obviously there, there's a level of frustration uh, that he has, that we have. Uh, and that's something that, you know, presumably you can't control. So, you know, give Philly credit. Embiid hit a big shot, that three. We were on him, um, you know, trying not to give up a three. Um, and then we weren't able to, to close the other way and, you know, overtime got away from us. But uh, we just have to, you know, take break, regroup, and uh, continue to compete. Andy Larson, Salt Tribune. Donovan just said that he feels you guys are differently officiated than uh, than other teams are. Do you feel that way as well? Do you feel that there's a discrepancy? I, I, I think Donovan, you know, felt um, that there were a number of situations when he was driving the ball, Mike was attacking. You know, that's what you know we've talked about trying to do, and you know, to be able to play through contact. You know, I, I think it, it gets to a point when. You know, you, you feel like where you, what you're doing defensively and what you're doing offensively um, are being perceived two different ways. And that's essentially what he was trying to express. Um, you know, we know that, you know, as, as we're trying to, to improve and beat some of the best teams in the league, that, you know, we've always got work to do. Um, but there is obviously a level of frustration with the things that you can't control. All right, that's it. Thank you, Coach. There you go, Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. And, of course, uh, the refereeing is is going to be a theme tonight, I have a feeling. But uh, Coach Snyder also said, you know, give Joel Impede credit for knocking down that shot. Really difficult shot. Needed it. Send it to overtime, and he made it. And in the other parts of this, when you get a, a little distance between the emotion of it, there are going to be plenty of clips to go back and watch. Um, you know, just difficult plays within the guts of the game that, the Jazz really had opportunities to extend lead, the lead, and yeah. they didn't. Uh, so, again, nothing ever comes down to one play. And, you know, I think that's where Quinn will get to. But I, I don't know. I'm not so sure that, you know, if you're going to lose, you might as well lose with a feeling, have a feeling that, you know, maybe you were wronged and, and you've got a little break now to, to be more motivated. Maybe that's not the worst thing in the world. No, it, it it's not. And I, I kind of thought about this, Gordon, and I talked a lot about this on the big show today. And I don't think going into to the break with a little chip on your shoulder is to, to stay focused. And, you know, I, I have no idea what these guys are even allowed to do over this week off if they're allowed to go anywhere or, or what. I have no clue. But, you know, whatever they're going to be doing, I don't think it's necessarily a terrible thing to have, you know, be thinking about that you still have a little something to prove coming back. Yeah, and, and really rally that whole idea that it's us against everybody else. Right. Because I think that's an opportunity you have tonight to kind of drive that point home. Even the referees. at, yeah. uh, at some and the point. league, you know, because you feel like, hey, that thing went and watched, it was reviewed. And even though the explanation, I guess even, you know, we know the explanation, but I think it's everybody's even out there in the Twitter sphere is saying, you know, it's debatable whether it hit the guy or not. Yeah.
And oftentimes I hate this comparison because it doesn't always tell the story, but Philly shot 35 free throws to the Jazz 19 tonight. So you heard Coach Schneider saying some of the frustration was, well, uh, you know, we're not getting the call on this side, but they're getting the call on that side. And it's uh, I, I would get why that would be frustrating. And, and like I said, not always does free throws attempted really say, you know, that one side was getting jobbed and, and the other was uh, getting all the calls. But in this case, I mean, that was a pretty physical game to have that kind of disparity between free throws attempted. Well, I totally agree with it. And, and there's that part of me. And when I looked at those numbers and, and you kind of reworked the game in your mind, the number of times the Jazz, it wasn't like they were just settling for threes. No. You know? Number of times they attacked the basket and ended up on the ground and no call. Um, and, and to your point, you know, the, the 50-50, if you want to call it that, the rest got to kind of make a guess on the charge call. You know, Donovan's charge, that was no more a charge call than anything I've ever seen before. Right. So, again, mounting frustration, you know, difficult calls, it all really kind of boils to the top. Yeah. And and here here's the thing. I when I when I watch games for referees, I just want consistency. I mean, if you if you're going to let it go and just let everything go, well, consistently let it go. If you're going to call everything, you got to call everything both ways. And when there's that that uh yeah, I mean the the Donovan Mitchell uh foul on Ben, you know, when he was going against Ben Simmons got the offensive foul when Ben had his arm. I mean, that's that's the perfect example right there. Just let that go. Yeah, I mean, don't just don't blow the whistle. If you're going to let everything go, just let it go. Right. And, and my big thing with officials is this. Right now, you know, Donovan was thrown out of the game. He's going to be fined. Um, all these guys have to sit and face this Zoom conference, you know, Quinn and, and Donovan and Mike. And those referees basically go back with escorts and they take a shower and put their nice little dancing suits on and they exit out the back door, and nobody ever knows. I mean, they can go to the airport the next day, and nobody knows who they are. And they could have totally just blown the game, but they never have to make a comment about it. Right. And to me, part of this thing needs to be, referees need to be more accountable and actually if have to answer to what they did. Right. Because I think that that would be a positive thing. And I don't think the last two minutes report from the league is it, by the way. This is just a little commentary coming from me. But that's way more maddening than it is helpful, in oh, my opinion. of course. Opinion. Or they admit where they got it wrong in the last two minutes and make that official. Like, that doesn't do anybody any good. That that probably ticks the ref off because they're being publicly shamed, basically. And the team that gets screwed, what, what, what are they getting? Nothing. A whole lot of a whole lot of nothing. You could at least pretend like you got the right call. At and least then... send me, like, a bag of popcorn. <laughs> Something. Just like... so I can feel like, I know we lost the game, but I got some Orville Redenbacher with the caramel topping. I guess that report makes some people feel better, but throughout the whatever, 10 years or whatever they've been doing it, it has never made any sort of sense to me. Even if I'm the team that came up short, I don't want to hear it. (laughs) Your acknowledgement does nothing for me. You might as well just... Actually, we said the shot was good. It wasn't. You lost, but you really won, but you lost. But we just wanted to let you know that we knew that you probably won, but you lost. What good does that do anybody? It just kind of makes everybody look bad. Signed the NBA. Very sorry. So I've I've got some, we've got some little Caesars gift certificates coming for you in the mail. Enjoy hot and ready. And if you like those, you'll get $5 off a hot pocket sponsored (laughs) by little Caesars. (laughs) So anyway, I guess I, I guess I'll be curious to see the last two minute report when it's released uh, coming up tomorrow. But yeah, I, I don't think it necessarily does. Uh, anybody any good. All right, we'll get to more coming up right around the corner. We want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, 
the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final from Philly. After overtime, the, the Sixers beat the Jazz 131-123. to 123. More sound coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Jazz falling overtime tonight to the Philadelphia 76ers, 131 to 123. Let's uh, check out your points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1 800 Go Serta or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life tonight. Points in the paint. Uh, let's see here. Jazz uh, outscored by the Sixers, sixty-four to forty-four. Surprised a little bit that that uh, that gap is so wide. But uh, night, the Jazz kind of made their living from the three, and Philly made their living inside, especially down the stretch. You know, that's where yeah. all those a lot of those points for Embiid and and Tobias Harris, those were all down in there. Yeah, Jazz hit. Uh, let's see, over twenty threes tonight, twenty-one of forty-four. You you do not see this Jazz team lose a whole lot of games that they shoot the three ball like that. No, and they, you know, and the other kind of indicator, they really rebounded the ball well tonight. Um, you know, 76ers are a great rebounding team themselves, um, and it was really kind of a head-to-head battle, but the, the Jazz end up winning that battle. Uh, really, that's where these things, you know, that play by Embiid, number one, just running out and shooting the three, those things drive you mad. Yeah, I mean, Philly only made eight threes tonight, eight of uh, 25, in fact, Jazz took 100 total shots tonight. Philly took 93. I mean, the difference really was at the foul line, where Philly went 27 of 35 and the Jazz went 14 of 19. I mean, that's where they made up a bunch of their possessions tonight because the Jazz did rebound well. And, I mean, a night where the Jazz shoot 44% from the field and 47.7% from three, making 21 threes, they really should not lose the game. Yeah, you know, the 76ers got out in that second half a little bit in transition a little more. Uh, the Jazz had done a pretty good job of making that much, not much of a factor, but kind of like, um, you know, that that kind of that dam kind of broke too. They ended up with like 25 points out on the break. So, um, you know, a lot of things were going well right up until that last uh, stretch, um, but it's one that you know just not enough was done to get the win. And Embiid was special. I mean, he was really great. 40 points tonight for Embiid, 19 rebounds, but he was 14 of 27, two of five from three, 10 of 13 from the line. I mean, that's. That's one heck of a line. I mean, he was he was terrific, and he did it going up against Rudy Gobert for most of the night. Now, Rudy's got, and this is the thing with Rudy, why I feel bad for him when he gets uh, matched up with Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid in these really difficult matchups because, you know, he plays so much team defense, too. He covers for so many other guys. I mean, there were, how many how many dunks did uh, did Dwight Howard get tonight because he, he got a dunk off Rudy helping somebody else? I mean, He's so effective defensively, and he just can't do it all. And when he has these really, really tough matchups, I, I feel for him in a way because he just can't do everything. No, he can't. Um, you know what I did love, though? He borrowed that very thing late in the game. He followed you know, shot blocker right to the rim and was able to get that put back to give the Jazz a one-point lead. Um, and you know that was, a, that was a pivotal moment, and it's something that they, he's used against him a bunch, so it's maybe a way he can neutralize some of that when teams do that to him. Yeah. Rudy tonight, 4 of 10. He had 12 points, 9 rebounds. He had 4 assists, a block shot. And uh, Philadelphia game plan to take Rudy uh, Rudy away. It's the same way they played uh, this Jazz team when the Jazz won here a couple of weeks ago. And I don't know if Philly's defensive scheme is really what won them the game tonight. I, You know, you look across the board at the Jazz numbers, and it's, it was not a bad basketball game from an offensive standpoint. Or at least I feel free to disagree. 
Uh, it seemed like the the Jazz uh, shot the three really well. They just, man, Philly Philly turned it up in the second half uh, without. Let's see, Philly scored 66 points in the third and fourth quarters. So, I mean, they really poured it on this Jazz team in the second half. One piece of that, I think numbers-wise, the Jazz offensively were pretty good tonight. Um, and for most of the game, I thought that uh, the ball moved great. But there was a period in time, you know, and maybe I'll call it like 10 to 15 plays, 10 to 12 plays. Um, and you could take those out where the ball really sticks, where a guy handles it the entire time where you don't get into something and all those things really, you know, that's those are the things the Jazz were handling really well during the winning streak. And now they've hit a couple of rough spots where the offense sometimes hits the skids and that's going to happen against good teams. Um, but that coupled with not being able to get any stops of your own, is, it makes it really difficult. Yeah, there's no doubt. All right, let's get some post game sound going. Uh, let's go back to Philadelphia, and this this should be good. Hand over the dumb button over there, Alex. Donovan Mitchell addressing the media. All right, we're going to start with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Don, this is a game where both teams competed really like two of the best in the league. You guys were in a position to win. Things got a little chippy. Just how frustrating is this one for you? Um, first off, got to, you know, give 76ers credit. They played a hard, hard game, you know. Joel does what he does, and you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're a good team. We competed, um, but it's, 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 it's tough, KK. Like, it's tough to, to go out there and see how we fight and compete and to have a game like that taken from us. And I'm never, ever one to, 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 to blame a ref, to blame an official. I could say I, we could have done more, but this is getting out of hand. You know, there have been games like this that we've won. There have been games like this that we've, we've, we've lost. But this whole refereeing stuff and the way we're, we're nice, we don't complain, we don't, like, we don't get frustrated. You know, we fight through things. And the fact that we just continually get get screwed in a way by this. You know, like, we, we won this game, in my personal opinion. You know, but like I said, I'm going to give them credit. They won, whatever, cool. But, like, this is it's, it's a consistent thing. And, you know, the question is, can we can we do it? Can we sustain it? Are we for real number one? Like, yeah, the hell we are. And it's getting, it's getting ridiculous, KK, that this is, this is what's happening. You know what I mean? We have a whole second half of the season to go and get ready for, but, like, I'm sick of it. To be honest with you, we all are. You know, and I think this is something that just – it bite, it, it eats me. It eats at me, man. And it's I – don't, I don't – y'all know what it is. We all know what it is, but it's, it's really getting out of hand. It's really, really, really getting out of hand. And the league needs to do something about this because I want to see the last two-minute report. I want to see it, but it's, it's getting out of hand. All right, that's it. Thank you, Donovan. Well, there you go. That uh, Donovan not uh, talking much. He did give Philly credit there at the beginning and Embiid hitting that big shot, but Donovan's sick of it. And uh, it sounds like this was more than just some one-off plays that the Jazz got a little frustrated with. This sounds like maybe a little bit deeper issue. I think it's been going on all year um, to some extent, and I don't think there's any, you know, vendetta or target, but I think, you know, for – for the types of players the Jazz have, you know, a guy like Conley and, and Mitchell, uh, you know, I do see that the Jazz are, you know, for the most part, I think Rudy will argue from time to time, and, and Bojan is probably notorious uh, for, you know, wanting fouls. But beyond that, uh, you know, I don't see that as, as being a thing where the Jazz are big chirpers. Um, but I just believe it really is come to a head with Donovan because he does not get even close to star treatment in, in a physical no. game like that um, and have Embiid go to the line 13 times, right? 
He ended up going 13, which is two more than than he goes on at, you know on his average. Um, and then Donovan, the way he attacked the basket tonight to get to go four for six, um, and even questionable ones, you know, the ones you kind of wonder, like guys like Donovan get those calls, and even if they're maybe a little bit wrong, but I just don't see him getting any of those calls right now, and and I totally understand the frustration. Yeah, I do too. I, I I absolutely get it. And when do you quote unquote earn those calls? Which again, I think is just a ridiculously stupid premise. But I mean, uh, I guess if you want to look at it that way, you know, Jawan Morgan goes crashing to the hoop and doesn't get a call. You know, maybe he doesn't have that clout. But this is Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he's he's <laughs> one of the best. He's one of the best. What ten, fifteen players in the NBA? And if that's the standard you're going to go on, I mean, I I, I just don't get it. I mean. Uh, I'm sitting here on Twitter watching uh, replays of that uh, offensive foul call he got against Ben Simmons. In fact, Jordan Clarkson uh, just tweeted this out three minutes ago with the the little eyeball emoji and uh, a retweet of a a replay of that particular call. And Jordan Clarkson says, damn, CYU is hot, bro. First ejection, proud of you. (laughs) Keep fighting. You know what it is. Proud of you. First ejection, proud of you. That's what Jordan Clarkson says. You know, I was actually surprised when they replayed that, um, that Donovan wasn't more frustrated right then. Like, I would have got tossed right there. But that was a – to me, that was one of the more egregious calls of the night. Absolutely. In that moment with a one-point game and two stars, you know, Simmons guarding Donovan and, you know, there's no reason to do that. Well, you see, the repelling is just more egregious. I mean, Ben Simmons has his whole arm wrapped up as he's trying to trying to spin, and <laughs> for that to get called on Donovan is just is just nuts. This is this is a real side note, but you know what? My favorite part of tonight's game is if you did not, uh, if you were just listening to David on the radio broadcast, when Donovan uh, when Donovan got thrown out as he's walking to the locker room, he he hits the Gatorade. Uh, what are the cooler, right? Mm-hmm. Which I didn't even know. I thought they were doing all individual bottles now with COVID or whatever, but apparently there's a Gatorade cooler there and Donovan just whacks it. I mean, just uh, obviously upset and it rolls into, or it almost hits a, a staff member and Donovan goes right over to the staff like, member sorry, and goes, dude. are you okay? <laughs> like it's such a, like Donovan's such a good dude. I mean, it was such a Donovan Mitchell thing. Like I'm, I'm really, I'm really upset. I'm really mad. I just got thrown out. I'm going to whack this cooler. Oh no, I hit a guy. <laughs> you can see him go over like, and say, oh, oh man, I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. And then he, he continues to go to the locker room and, and not that, uh, you know, Donovan thought anything was funny, but that, that made me smile. I mean, he's red hot, but you know, he's still a good guy. That's true character right there. Yeah, He's still he a sh- good dude. He showed true character, which is awesome. And we have no doubt he has that, but, but the frustration's valid. Um, the hard part, Jake, is not letting that frustration cause you to do things within the game that you don't typically do. And I thought, you know, like I said, I thought it affected Donovan. Like, he wanted to win that game so bad, and I think, you know, he almost got into a situation where he was going to go win it because his usage rate was way higher than it normally is. He was up in the 30s, you know, 34. Um, He ended up taking 34 shots, which is a little bit high for him. Um, So I, I think there's part of this thing, like I said, that's attached to Simmons. Um, and and the, he really wanted to win this game, and then when the refs do what they did, man, they just you might you you blow, you know. I I you know bad referees, bad referees. I, you know, and I get expressing some frustration, but this will not help, by the way, with uh, refereeing going forward. You no, know, you, you're familiar with the, that kind of refereeing world. You know, the public demonstration of frustration. Usually well, a perfect example. Help. Here's a perfect example. I. 
was uh, coaching a game. Uh, you know, it was back when I was co- coaching at BYU, and it was WCC, and we were Thursday, Saturday. And I was talking to a ref th- one of the, on the Thursday night about a call, and I said something in passing. Uh, you know, I can't even remember, but it was kind of a joke about uh, one of the older refs that was still out there running around. And I was just like, hey, make sure you get limbered like so-and-so. And I thought it was funny, and I thought he thought it was funny. Well, the next night, or that Saturday night, the old guy rolls in that I was joking about, and he came up and he's like, I heard what you said about me. <laughs> I was like, how in the world did, you know, and then, to, but to your point, who are these guys' best friend? Yeah. Who do they commiserate with? Because, you know, one of those refs calls me tonight, and I'm just like, yeah, you screwed up the game. I'll be honest with them. But if they call another ref guy, they'll be like, oh, man, I really liked your authority with Donovan. You did a great job of not taking his guff and sending him right to the locker room. You know, they get all excited about that kind of thing. Well, it's just, I mean, for so many things to break against the Jazz. I mean, even uh, I know people initially were so upset about uh, the Royce O'Neal save, and it appears like it did hit a referee, even though the uh, explanation was not terrific. But that was just, I mean, that was what appeared to be the most egregious one. There were... There were several uh, key moments when uh, certainly the, the correct calls were lacking, and you can tell Donovan Mitchell's uh, frustrated by it. I've got uh, got people on Twitter uh, tweeting at me, uh, our guy Jake. How about this? He says, come on, Don said a lot more. Let's address it. The mass media will. We can't hide it, and everything he said has he has earned. Let's stand up behind him, not hide from it. The man obviously is upset, so let's back him up. Hashtag Utah has your back. I don't know how we could more back him up. I, I think he's somewhat justified in his feelings, although I don't know if it's going to be real helpful here in and out the way that he did, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think we've been backing Donovan up all year because I think we started saying it about a month and a half ago that he doesn't he needs to go to the line more. You know, he's not getting the correct whistle. So um, I, I, I think all of his points are, are are well taken. I don't know we can't play some of this stuff on the air due to some of the FCC rules. So we can't run all that stuff. But he had some more to say and it's just stuff we couldn't on a family show. Yeah, right. Language you gotta Well, there's some some laws against that whole thing, yeah. you know, going out over the air. We don't wanna totally understood. Don't want to disrupt anybody. Uh but uh, but yeah, Donovan not happy. And uh, he expressed that. And, uh, again, I, I'm reading it as kind of a culmination of some frustrations. It sounds like, you know, this has been uh, brewing under the surface a little bit. But I, I do think it's important to note that the Jazz, they did come unraveled there toward the end. I mean, they lost their cool. Donovan lost his cool. And not that I'm, I'm trying to be critical by, by saying that, but, you know, it did contribute to the loss in this case. And it's maybe something you can learn. If something happens later in the year. Like, for instance, here's another one we forgot about. How about when Shake Milton got shooting fouls for being fouled by his own teammate, Dwight Howard? Do you remember that one? Yes, I do. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, that was another one. So you just, it's kind of like the the escalation just continues. And then you end up, a guy throws a three in there and you lose the game. You're frustrated. Yep. And I, I get why Rudy occasionally gets frustrated because, you, you know, Joel Embiid, for example, is throwing him around on every rebound right. down there. And it's a foul on every rebound. Uh, but uh, but it's rarely called. And then Rudy got some touch fouls, particularly in the fourth quarter while guarding uh, Joel Embiid. However, you know, the refs aside, Joel Embiid got really great position on Rudy uh, a few times where he got deep into the paint and there was nothing that Rudy could do about it. 
Yeah. Joel Embiid is huge. He's by the way. huge. If <laughs> I've stood next to him before, not like right next to him, but certainly close enough to realize like this this is a this is a monstrous man. Like, I mean, and he's he the one huge. one dude of all those quote quote unquote process guys that's actually he's gotten through it all, yep. and now he's performing at an unbelievably high level. He, he's fun to watch. He is, and he's incredibly skilled for a guy his size. And much like Zion, he's really light on his feet. And uh, I, I'm not going to give him a ton of credit for making that three, though, at the end of regulation. No, that, that was, was just a prayer. Yeah. I mean, I know that uh, we've heard Quinn Snyder and Donovan Mitchell both give him credit for making that, but come on. I mean, that that looked like something that... Uh... And what's crazy is I think back 23 years of coaching, and I'm telling you, man, there's a lot of prayers answered because, I, I, you know, there's countless games. I can just go down the list you know, the Dell of a Dagger, all those different ones that you feel like, oh, we fought right, to, and then they throw in some slop shot. The Dell of a Dagger. Yeah, I, I lived that. right through that one, buddy. Yeah, man. Uh, all right, let's check out your Master of the Glass real quick. Brought to you by the Safe Light Auto Glass, a local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5. Uh, for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Of course, uh, tonight, your master of the glass is not Rudy Gobert, actually. Royce O'Neal is your master of the glass. For the second time this season, Royce uh, grabbed five rebounds to go along with his seven points and five assists. Rudy tonight had nine rebounds. Donovan actually had eight uh, to go along with his six assists and 33 points. And uh, Royce, 10 boards. Hey, hey. On a positive note, he never ceases to amaze me how well he can rebound the ball for a guy who's 6'4". This team does a great job of rebounding, period. Um, you take Mike Conley out of the equation, and the Jazz did not have a guy that played that didn't have under five rebounds. Or, you know, the, every guy, other guy had at least five rebounds. So, Other than Mike and Gorgeous George. I'm sorry, and Gorgeous George. Yeah. I no, guess no rebounds. Zero for George. Um, so they don't qualify. But everybody else at least got five. So that's... I mean, you're talking about Joe Ingles getting six. Great job, but um, Royce is hes a phenomenal rebound for his size, big-time rebounder for his size, and he's just continuing to get better at it. Rudy actually had more offensive rebounds tonight than he did defensive rebounds. You don't see that all that often. Rudy with five offensive boards and four defensive boards tonight. With a usage rate so high, what did Embiid end up having that ball in his hands a lot? So Rudy probably wasn't in a lot. He was in a lot of contesting plays, but not a rebounding plays. Yep. All right, Go Where Love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz fall tonight in overtime to the Sixers, 131 to 123. More sound for you coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post-game show right here on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller, Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight in overtime to Philly, 131 to 123. Let's take a look at your, uh, your three-point feature sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight, the Jazz are really good from three, 21 of 44, 47.7%. Uh, Joe Ingles was uh, magnificent, uh, four for five. Uh, Donovan Mitchell tonight, five of 12. Conley was three of three. Bogdanovich, four of 10. Royce was two of six. Uh, George Niang, one of one. And uh, Jordan Clarkson coming in off the bench, he was two of seven. 
I don't know. Uh, we'd have to go back and look at this, Tim. I'm trying to think off the top of my head how many games the Jazz made over 23s and st- and lost. It, there's no way it's more than just a couple, if any. I don't think it's any. I don't think That'd so That'd be either. my guess. I'll, I'll, I'll do that crack research, but I don't think it's any. No. I mean, they usually they, they shoot I mean, almost 48% from three and make 21 of them. Uh, you, you know, I would say 99 times out of 100, they're winning that basketball game. But as we said, uh, Philly went to the line 35 times, 27 of 35. Give them credit. They made it shooting 77%. But, um, you know, that's that's certainly a way to negate the advantage of so many made threes. Yeah, it's, it's Land, we talked about it. Getting to the line is part of your profit center. It's part about, you know, if you're making an investment portfolio, you've got different streams of income. In basketball, you know, you got so much at the rim, so much in the mid-range, the paint, and obviously you want to get to the line. And um, credit Philly because they're really good at it night in and night out. And Embiid is great at it. He leads the league in free throws attempted. Um, where the the frustration lies is it wasn't like, you know, I know the Jazz shot a lot of threes, but on their attacks to the basket, contact, is it treated the same? That's the question. Let's uh, keep the post-game sound rolling. Let's go back to Philadelphia. Mike Conley is addressing the media. All right, we'll start with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Mike. So uh, Don was obviously pretty upset about how the end of the game transpired, uh, said that he felt like you guys deserved to win the game, that the refs had uh, once again screwed you out of uh, being able to do that. That's just... What's your view of how the end of the game was was officiated in the stretch? Um, you know, my view wasn't just the, the end of the game. I thought the game, you know, was getting out of hand a little bit earlier on. Um, we should have obviously executed better to win the game. Obviously, Jim, uh, Joel hit a big shot, um, a really tough shot. Otherwise, you know, we have a, a really good chance to win that. But um, it, it's tough. It's tough because we fought so hard did all the things we could control. Um, we always say try to control what you can control. And tonight there were some things that were out of our control and, um, you know, and I'm proud of our guys for fighting through it. You know, it's frustrating to lose any time, but especially when you, you, you fought so hard to, to get that dub. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Donovan said that he felt you guys are differently officiated at times. Do you feel that way? I felt that way my whole career, honestly. You know, it's just that that small market. You know, we don't have the um, you know we don't have the, the the big time names. You know, the ones that are all over the TV and stuff like that. So um, it can get a little wild for us. But um, you know, we have stars. You know, Don's a star. Rudy's a star. Um, Boyan, guys that that deserve to get those calls. And um, and it's just not happening for us right now. And uh, it's it's unfortunate. Just a quick follow-up. Did you feel like Donovan's uh, technical warranted? Um, yeah, I think, you know, obviously you, you, you want him to – we need him. <laughs> we need him in the game. Um, but um, at that point in the game, man, you know, I, he's young. He's going to have, have nights where he's going get, to get, get frustrated like that, and he has to let that out at some point. And uh, maybe that will, you know, draw some attention. Um and we'll win the and we'll win the war later. You know, it's just one battle tonight, and uh, it's a long season ahead. Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Hey, Mike, what did you see on the uh, last play of regulation? It looked like a pretty good look. Yeah, um, you know, first I we were checking to see if we were calling timeout. Uh, looked over at coach. He told told us to go, and 
Um, I think we all liked the look we got. I mean, you know, Donovan was a little bit denied early. I got the ball and was able to uh, uh, get a look at the elbow that, you know, another revolution that might go in, you know, just a very comfortable shot and uh, one I've made a thousand times. So um, that's just unfortunate it didn't go in. All right, that's it. Thank you, Mike. Mike Conley uh, talking a lot about officiating there too. Uh, you heard Mike talk about how um, he feels like it, it's a small market thing and that uh, it's something that he's been battling his entire career. Uh, that, uh, you, you know, you heard him say they've got uh, Rudy's a star, Donovan's a star, and they don't get that uh, that kind of treatment. So it's something that uh, Mike has noticed throughout his entire career, yet has never been thrown out of a game, never even gotten technical. Yeah, he, he proves his points in different ways, and you got to respect that. Um, uh, I think that's what's funny, though, about the comments. Um, you know, th- this team is a, like I said, it's a team that out on the floor they act right, and, you know, Mike's, the first dude, uh, you know, it's great having him on your team because he's the guy that is actually never had a, fu- a, a technical foul. And, and when he goes and talks to refs, there's a bunch of credit there. All right. We have uh, a pool report on the instant replay review with 28 seconds left in the Utah Philadelphia game tonight. So uh, pool reporter in this case was Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer, who was asking Jason Phillips, vice president of replay operations, of course, this is about the review on the Royce O'Neal call. The question was, what was seen by the replay center on the review of the out-of-bounds play near the end of the fourth quarter? Phillips said this, quote, the initial call on the floor was that Royce O'Neal tipped the ball and then it hit the official who was standing out of bounds. So by rule, before Royce O'Neal ever attempts to save the ball, the ball was already out of bounds, and that was the initial ruling. When the officials came to replay, we confirmed that ruling of Philadelphia basketball. Real quick here, does it doesn't – Maybe I'm reading this wrong, but isn't he contradicting himself? Says uh, Royce O'Neal tipped the ball and then it hit the official who was standing out of bounds? That's not the case. The ball hit the official and then Royce saved it, which he says. Uh, then he says O'Neal, uh, let's see, out of bounds. So by rule, before O'Neal ever attempts to save the ball, the ball was already out of bounds, and that was the initial ruling. Didn't he just contradict himself there? Sounds like it to me, yeah. Am I reading that wrong, Alex? Just one more time. The initial call on the floor was that Royce O'Neal tipped the ball, and then it hit the official so who was standing out of bounds. So if it hit the official that's standing out of bounds, if he tipped it first and it hit the official, then it's dead. It's out. That's what it's saying. So by rule, before Royce <laughs> – so by uh, – sorry, I, I swear I'm um, – who was standing out of bounds. So by rule, before Royce O'Neal ever attempts to save the ball, the ball was already out of bounds, and that was the initial ruling. Well, that's not what you just said. You said Royce O'Neal tipped the ball – and then it hit the official. All right. I don't know. Anyway, the official it hit the official, so they called it out of bounds. But even the explanation is wonky. See, once again, don't have the, the vice president of video operations. Take those three dudes as soon as they get lathered up after a shower and roll them in just like you do the coaches and the players and have them sit down and answer a couple questions. And, and then we don't have to parse, you know, the, through the whole description of what that actually means. Right. Well, that, that that doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe smarter a smarter person than me needs to read that. But said, well, Royce tipped it, and then it hit a ref. So out of bounds. But uh, it hit the ref, and then Royce hit it. So still out of bounds. I don't get it. But if it hits the referee, that's the rule. Now, tell me this, Tim. How much effort does the referee have to make to get out of the way? Or yeah. is that just impossible to ask? No, it, it is. It's. I feel like they try to probably do their best. And I think in this case, you know, 
it kind of nicked his leg, his his pants even. I mean, that's what's crazy. If you go look at it, did it really hit him or his pants? Um, you want him, you know, you obviously want him to get out of the way, but it's hard. It's hard for them to anticipate where a ball is going to come or be thrown to other uh, spots on the floor that they're supposed to be. And he was in one of his spots, no question. All right, so frustration has been a theme uh, from the postgame sound so far. Let's go back to Philadelphia where Rudy Gobert is addressing the media. Have been officiated differently this season than other teams? Um, I mean, every season, to be honest. I think we, you know, uh, as I've been in this league and I've been watching a lot of games, um, you know, I feel like a lot of guys are able to do things that we're not able to do. And, you know, our guys um, are not able to get some calls that everybody else in the league gets. So, you know, we don't, we know that we're the Utah Jazz and we, you know, maybe some people don't want to see us, you know, go as far as I believe that we can go, but um, it's disappointing. You know, it's disappointing because I believe that I think the Sixers played a great game. You know, I don't want to, you know, they are a very good team. Uh, you got to give them credit, but I believe that we deserve to win that game. And, you know, when my guys are getting far uh, three times in a row, Mike Conley is going to the rim. They're grabbing him right in front of the officials and there's no call. And, you know, and on, the, on the other side, there's calls that are invisible, that are being made. Um, I think it's disrespectful to be honest, to the game of basketball and to our team. And, you know, hopefully they're going to watch the game, uh, you know, when they get home. We all we all do. I watch it too. But, uh, hopefully they feel ashamed when they watch the game. And we know that, uh, you know, when you're a small market, I don't want to say that, but I, I really believe it. You know, after playing in this league for eight years, it's a little harder. And that's one of the things that uh, we got to overcome. That's why I told the guys, you know, when you're a small market, you gotta, you gotta be better than just better. You gotta be, you know, you gotta be elite, and uh, we gotta control what we can control. But it's uh, very disappointing to be disrespected like that, and I mean, especially for my for my guys, you know, that you know, we work so hard. You know, it's the last game of the road trip, and we're in a position to win the game, and they just get disrespected. Uh, and it's not just one play because. You know, we all make mistakes, you know. I, I mean, uh, I have a lot of respect for the officials. You know, I think it's a tough, it's a tough job. I think they, you know, I think they try their best, but, you know, there's just too many, it was too obvious tonight. They can't make it that obvious, you know. And we're gonna, we're gonna watch film and do all that. We're gonna keep getting better, but we just deserve a little more respect, you know, as a team and, and as, as human beings too, for all the work that we put in. You know, hopefully we get it, second half of the season. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Was there a point, Rudy, you thought that the officiating was worse or like where you guys got most frustrated or do you think it was something that was happening throughout the game? I mean, I'm trying, you know, when, I, when I'm on the court, I'm trying not to focus on that. Um, I don't think it was bad throughout the game. You know, I think it got really bad uh, in the fourth and uh, in the overtime, obviously. But... Uh, I mean, not much I can say. You know, I'm going to watch the game. I mean, I watch, like, I watch what guys are getting on one end and what we're getting on the other end. And it can be just mistakes. You know, at some point, like, those guys, two of those officials have a lot of experience. You know, I know these guys and, you know, I mean, I know all their names and I, 
I have, I have a lot of respect for them, but tonight they didn't have respect for us. And that can happen because we're nice, we're nice guys. You know, Mike Conley never had a technical in his life and they don't respect him. So maybe he should get more technicals. I don't know what he needs to do. Mike Conley to get some respect. Like uh, at some point, I don't know what he needs to do. Um, you know, we, I mean, we shouldn't have to say it, but we have to say it because, you know, uh, everyone's watching, we know, Everyone knows what's going on, and uh, if we don't say it now, uh, you know, we just won't. It might be too late. So uh, we just we just want a little more respect. That's it. You know, as basketball players, as human beings, and you know, and uh, especially Garmin. I say Mike, but Mike Donovan, all our guys. You know, uh, they just deserve to be treated the same way the other players on the other team are treated, regardless of which team it is, which market it is. Uh, you know, for the beauty of the game, I think it's, uh, it's the minimum that we can, you know, we can ask. That's it. All right, we're done. Thank you, Rudy. Thank you. There you go, Rudy Gobert expressing his frustration as well and, uh, you know, backing up Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell and to a lesser extent Quinn Snyder and what they had to say and their frustrations and I love it that Rudy and, and everybody kind of tries to say, oh, it's a it's a tough job. I get it. But they were terrible. It's it, it's got to be difficult for an NBA player. But I after hearing some of this stuff, Tim, I would expect some fines are going to be handed down. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I hope not. Uh, main, you know, hope not everybody. But you, you definitely it's definitely become newsworthy. I'm surprised Rudy didn't get fined after the, the Pelicans game, to be honest. It's true. He said, "What? How do you put it? Uh, we were one awful call away from being a being a one point game." <laughs> That's exactly what he said. And then uh, talking about Zion, he said, uh, uh, "Him coming down the lane with his leading with his elbow might be good for the highlights, but it's still an offensive, offensive foul." <laughs> I love Rudy. Are there, is there? there there's got to be very few post game interviews that are as good as Rudy Gobert on a consistent basis. Oh, he just, he's so interesting because he has a really unique perspective and he tells the truth. Yep. And those are great things when you're listening to, to the media, you know, on the media side. And by the way, just to pull back the curtain a little bit, Rudy was not actually scheduled to do post, post-game interviews tonight. Apparently, Rudy uh, showed up to the media room and said, uh, we're not done yet. We're going to, we're going to go. I, I'd like to make some comments. Let's, let's fire that zoom right back up there and let's, let's get the word about which I love. Something. I do too. I think it's great. He didn't have to do it. And you know, he's like, Hey, if there's going to be a bunch of fines, I want, I want to get in. on. I'm this. right here. Yeah. Yep. Because I think, you know, again, we talk about it all the time, but if you want some change and you feel like you're being disrespected, the only way to, to acknowledge it is to say it and make it a point. Um, because I'll promise you that, like you say, the next officials are going to come on with a major chip on their shoulder, but they're going to know that this has been an issue and you hopefully you'll be getting a, a more valid effort from them. And I, you know, I don't think this is me personally. I, I, I don't think it's intentional, the small market stuff, but I believe what they're talking about. I believe what Mike Conley's talking about, you know, and the higher profile guys that get more attention from media and things like that with, they get more careful scrutiny. I mean, it even comes from national guys criticizing the Jazz. The Jazz are small market. They're, you know, Utah. They're easy to drag. They're easy to criticize because you don't get a lot of pushback. And if that goes to to refereeing, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, you know, have you heard Philadelphia sports radio? It's brutal. It's brutal. It's brutal. 
And so, you know, uh, maybe it's subconsciously, but you side towards these big market teams and these big time players because maybe you don't want to hear it. Maybe you don't want to get booed. Uh, it, maybe you don't want to get, uh, you know, blasted on the Jim Rome show or whatever the national media or sports center or whatever the case. And with, with the jazz, they just don't get the kind of attention and they don't get the same kind of uh, respect from the national narrative that other players do. And so it's easy to do. Well, look no further than exactly what you're talking about. I don't want to be do like a woe is me night, but here we are. The jazz are the best team in the league at the end of the first half and at the all-star break. And, they are on TNT a total of one time in the second half. Once. If, if that's the Lakers, if that's the Clippers, and I'll even say if it's the Suns, they're probably on 12. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I know this is always something you talk around, but there has to be anytime there's humans involved, there's inherent bias. Right. And, you know, I, I obviously don't have any proof, but I've watched enough to know that there's bias in everything and you just got to, like Rudy said, you got to be better than all of it. You got to be elite. And that's really the only choice you have. Why am I, I, I mean, just as an example of this, why am I forgetting? What was the Shaq game? The TNT Donovan Mitchell game. Was oh, when Dallas, was it the Dallas game where they won 120, 120 to one one? Well, Donovan went absolutely crazy. He did. And he had some, like if, if memory serves, he had some like 36 points. I'm trying to, it's, uh, I'm embarrassed that uh, that I'm not remembering the exact game. Uh, apologies, but it it was the Shaq game where, of course, Donovan Mitchell put on the headset after the yeah. game. But can you imagine Donovan Mitchell's surprise when he has a huge game and they get a huge win on national TV and he throws on the headset and the first thing he gets is, "Hey, Donovan, I don't really think you're that good." I mean, can you imagine? Like, who does that happen to? What all stars do that happen to? You know what I mean? Oh, I, exactly. If I were him, I would have I would have been just shocked. Like, wait a minute here. We just blasted this team, and I had 30-plus points, and I'm putting on the headset, and the first thing I'm getting from an NBA legend is that I'm not good enough. And the truth is, is it's easy to do because everybody goes, ah, oh, Utah, you know, ah, oh, the Jazz. It was Dallas, what you did, were right. What did Nick Wright call him, adorable? Ah, oh, it's adorable Jazz, you know. That's just, the guy. I got an issue with him. I, I don't see, like, I don't see um, – Let's let's pick somebody else. You know, I don't see James Harden having 36 points and throwing on the headset, even though he's never won an NBA title, and getting Shaquille O'Neal going. You know, James, I just don't think you're good enough. Can you imagine? You you need play defense. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> uh, I get it that maybe you know if if Sixer fans are listening to this show, they're thinking, oh, these whiners in Utah. But you know what? It's nine o'clock on a Wednesday before All Star game. I don't get it. I think the Jazz are too easy of a target, and everybody just fires away because you can. And I don't know if that translates to the refs, but it certainly does to the media. Well, the one thing that, you know, in my history, um, and we've talked about this and knowing Ryan Smith, um, typically you take the negatives, you take the, the weaknesses, and you make them a strength. And I really do believe that this can be the very case. You know, the, you did not want to lose two in a row, um, but it doesn't make a hill of beans difference whether you lose those two in a row or you lost one middle of the season, you lose this one now. Uh, you never want to lose a game. But So I'm not putting any credence to the fact that, oh, man, they're on a bad streak of losing three out of four. Um, but what I am is I think this can galvanize this group. Um, and if anything, you know, that period of time where they were just running off crazy win after crazy win, the one piece that I felt like that team was really connected and really galvanized. And it's hard to stay that way for an entire year. 
Um, and I think there has been some slippage to that. But the best part about this now is, A, they have some rest and time off um, for both their bodies and their minds. And they actually get away from one another, too, for a minute. And then all that coupled with all this stuff now is really going to be on the forefront of their mind. And they still have the inside track to the best record in the West. So all that stuff, in my mind, plays up pretty good for the Jazz. By the way, Donovan Mitchell just uh, did a quote tweet of a replay of that play against Ben Simmons with just uh, a, about five periods, so dot, 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 dot. But some tells me that that might be the call that really lit the fuse on Donovan tonight. Yeah. That really is one of, the, one of the worst calls I've ever seen. I couldn't believe it. Like, what, what constituted as an offensive foul? You know, he and didn't it, extend an arm. Well, he and and here's the thing. And if 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 let me see if I can describe the play just right. If you didn't see it on TV tonight, Donovan's got his back to Ben Simmons and he's spinning into the lane toward the hoop, and he actually he's going over his right shoulder. And here's the thing: normally that would be you hook with the right hand and shoot with the left, and that's where the call would come from, right? Is they get him on the hook? We see it all the time. Donovan actually shoots with his right hand, so it would have been, been impossible for him to hook around Ben Simmons. That's what and and then if you want to just ignore the fact that that Ben Simmons actually had Donovan's left arm pinned under his arm, which of course is a foul, but after that, after Ben Simmons lets go, there's literally no contact whatsoever. So I get I I would get it if the ref thought, "Okay, Donovan hooked and got around Ben Simmons like that, but he shot it with his right hand." Right. Makes it literally impossible to have hooked. I remember watching it live and thinking I heard the whistle. I'm like, oh, he grabbed him. Yep. And then when the referee gave the that, – that's when I was like, oh, man, the fix may be in tonight. I guess that one. That one's just nuts. Uh, that one. That one's crazy. I would I ask – if I were Quinn, I would have said – I would ask to see their licenses. Coach Rose used to tell funny stories when he was a JUCO coach, and they used to travel from Dixie College by bus all the way to Rexburg and play Rick's College in Idaho. And he said every single time he'd walk up to the dudes before the game – and say, let me see your driver's license. And every time the dudes, all three dudes were from Idaho, and not just Idaho, but like Rexburg, Idaho. Yeah, right, the hometown so like, guys. You are not getting a fair shake when you go up there. And as you probably shouldn't. I wonder if those three dudes tonight, hometown, Philly. Philadelphia guys. You yeah, just got to trust the referee process. Coach Rose to come back to that all and be like, guys, guess what? They're not going our way. They're not going our way tonight. Brace yourselves, because that's, uh, that's not happening. So... All right, your final tonight. The Jazz lose in overtime. Certainly a, comp, uh, a controversial one going into the All-Star break. They fall 131 to 123. Go Where Love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru home of the uh, partner, excuse me, of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. We'll, uh, we'll get Coach Lacombe's final thoughts on this one coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. O'Neal, heads up play, brings it back to Donovan, splits the double team, drives the lane, goes up over Embiid. Oh, he's getting silly in Philly! Donovan Mitchell over the top of Joel Embiid, plus the foul! Oh, Donovan! There you go, your play of the game, the great David Locke. It's brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. I think David might have crowdsourced that call tonight for tonight's play of the game. It really ended up getting silly in Philly, didn't it? It did get silly in Philly. More silly than that. 
Uh, Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe with you. One thirty one to one twenty three is your final. Jazz fall to the Sixers in overtime. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. If you're just joining us, tough loss for the Jazz tonight. Donovan Mitchell had 33 points, 12 of 34 from the field. He had eight rebounds, six assists uh, before getting ejected in the overtime period. Uh, Mike Conley tonight, 18 points. Bogdanovich had 18. Rudy had uh, 12, 9, and four assists for Rudy, which is a good number. Had a couple of steals and a block shot as well. Uh, Joe Ingles uh, had a really nice game after not playing very well against the Pelicans. Joe was 16 and 6 tonight, 16 points, 6 rebounds. And uh, Jordan Clarkson had 10 points uh, coming in off the bench as well for the Sixers. It was all Embiid all the time, 40 points from Joel, 19 rebounds, 3 assists. He had a couple of block shots as well. Ben Simmons, 17 points, 6 assists. Uh, uh, Tobias Harris had 22 points, 10 rebounds tonight for the Sixers. Seth Curry with 14 Dwight Howard with uh, 12 coming in off the bench. And uh, your guy, you mentioned him in the pregame show, Shake Milton. He played pretty well, uh, 12 points coming in off the bench as well for uh, for Shake. But uh, the calls and the referees have certainly taken center stage tonight, Tim. They have. Uh, unfortunately, you know, you can't pin all of your woes upon them. There were plenty of uh, things the Jazz could have done throughout the course of the game. Um, you know, and that's the part that when you coach – and your livelihood depends on it. Take all the frustration you feel as a fan and a broadcaster and all that and tie your whole world up in it. And that's why coaches go crazy sometimes um, and why they're all crazy for life. Good friend of mine just lost in the state tournament uh, last night here in, in Utah, and I sent him a text. Said, Congratulations on a great season. Keep your head up. Haven't heard back from him. No. And it, it, it hasn't hurt my feelings either. <laughs> so we won a – I won a state championship in high school. In fact, probably one of the greatest fun runs I'd ever had around a team. The next year we actually played your alma mater. Oh, yeah? And we ended up getting beat in the state championship game on a horrendous call by a referee. Really? Yeah. And it was brutal. And basically a guy shot a three – and while he was in the air, kicked off with his leg and fell backwards on his back. You know, the Highland, when you go to Highland, you, you're you looking for all the little loopholes. That's my wife's alma mater. Well, actually. that's not yours. I'm, I'm sorry. Skyline that's Eagle. Naz. Thank you very much. You're right. And and I was thinking to myself, like, Skyline not exactly well, known right. for their okay. powerhouse basketball. Well, I misunderstood. So. So but he, Highland, on the other hand. Yeah, Highland High. Anyway, Jordan Owen kicked off. Referee watched the ball turn, saw him on the ground, was like, well, the, it's a tie score with a second left in the state championship. I think I'm going to blow my whistle oh, no. and give this fine young man an opportunity to make two, three free throws just to beat this other team. And anyway, I went up yeah. in the hills. I, I I was like three days. I would I turned. I think they they put an APB out for me. <laughs> uh, somebody confused me as Jim Bridger as I was in a suit up there with a you know it was bad. But you didn't slash his tires, so that's good. You fought that or wanted sure. to, yeah, didn't. That one. But I didn't know what car is was his either. But it's got to be tough. I mean, these no, it's guys, hard. And, and but but like I said, you know, everything all told in a nutshell tonight. Um, you know, Jake, would you have, con- you know, if we would have fast forward to right now from the start of the season, would you have thought the Jazz could have the type of run they had and, and actually be leading the West? No, I w- I certainly would not have predicted that. So I, I think that's the part of this you got to take with a grain of salt. Um, it, it's like anything else. There's highs and lows in all of it. But 
Uh, I think the the story of the year around here has been this Jazz team. Um, love the way they compete. Love how resilient they are. I think this break comes at a perfect time because I do think a lot of their issues right now are probably mental, physical, um, in nature, and they can get healed up and get some rest. Uh, and then, you know, a good opportunity for Donovan and Quinn and Rudy to go back and represent the Jazz at the All-Star Game, which will be awesome. Um, but uh, just a, a really fir- fun first half, and it's been a long time, man. We, we are, we're kind of in the driver's seat to be able to, to have home court advantage throughout the playoffs. How fun would that be? Um, you know, we're seeing these COVID numbers go down. Hopefully more people can get in here and we get this community absolutely 100% rocking toward this team. I'm with you on the break at the right time. I think it's the perfect time. Go get your Zen on for over a week. Get your get yourself recentered, rested, healed. And that's just you and me. And that's just us, really. <laughs> all the all that good stuff, though, and then and come back uh, refocused for, uh, you know, the final push where the schedule is going to be very condensed. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of games in a short amount of time. But the Jazz, as far as a winning percentage go, has the, the second easiest schedule the second half of the year. So come back uh, in the mindset to, to take advantage of some of that and push for that home court advantage in the throughout the playoffs because I, I think I'm not usually a person where home court advantage matters all that much and seeding matters all that much because, you know, it's usually about matchups. But if you're this Jazz team and you can get the one seed and and try to avoid having to beat both L.A. teams in the, in the playoffs, uh, you really could use every break that you could get from that standpoint. Well, and, and you take tonight as an example. You want, you know, say that's a game seven. You want that game to played in your building with your fans around so that if there is influence to be had, you're going to give the influence instead of have the influence upon, uh, you know, from the opponent. You want the referees thinking to themselves, how am I going to get out of here alive? At New Airport, there's call. a long way to walk between <laughs> the Uber and the gate. Heard a lot about that walk. Maybe a lot of that'll get some I did the it jazz last week, wins. first time, but those officials have to be thinking that because it's a long opportunity to be no- to be noticed. It's a long walk <laughs> from the Uber to the tarmac. If, I, if I told you some crazy way. airport stories over the 25 years, oh, I'm sure. fans come up and saying whatever they wanted to, to trying to hold a coach back from killing somebody. And, I mean, airport stories, I got great. great oh, I can't. Stories. You know what? I can't imagine going up to a, to a coach in the airport to, <laughs> it just seems so inappropriate to me. Like, hey, coach, nice loss. <laughs> oh, dude, you would be you'd be amazed at how brass it's so remarkable. many people are. It's that's it'll be like you and I walking up, just walking into a random bank and going up and saying, "You might be the worst teller I've ever seen. I can't believe you organize your coins like that." <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's have the audacity to do something like that. Well, that's why I always, uh, you know, uh, this this is something that probably happens everywhere, but certainly around here. Uh, I always imagine uh, you going to church a Sunday after oh. uh, uh, after a tough loss or something controversial or something. I mean, hey, coach, uh, tough one last night to the Aztecs, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Your boys sure battled, but I thought there were some partisans down the stretch. <laughs> and you want to kill the old guy, but you got to just sit there and take it. Say, oh, Bad okay. breath and all. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll think about it differently next time. Nice to see you. But hey, everybody should be upbeat, right? Yeah. About this team. And I know we, no doubt. we hit the break at a, at, on a skid, but man, what a, a fun first half. And you can see what this team's cap- capable of doing when they're all going. And 
Uh, we haven't had a lot of fun around here for a while with this, uh, with the NBA and playoffs and everything. I think it's a year we can really ramp it up. Brother Lacombe, I can't believe you guys called that out of bounds play there in the one, second half. One of the best ones. I'll leave you with this. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. I'm sitting in my chair, and an old lady comes up, and I think she's going to say, "Welcome to church," you know. And she comes up to me at the edge of the bench, and she said, "How often in practice do you practice free throws?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's so funny. You know, not enough, obviously. Not enough. I wanted to say, how often do you dye your hair? Oh, man, that is that is so funny. All right, uh, it seems like a good spot to uh, to call it tonight, Tim, as uh, you and I are going to be off for a little while, at least as far as jazz coverage goes. Next game uh, will be uh, a week from Friday against the Rockets. They'll be in town. Um we want to say a big thanks, of course, to uh, to David and Ron for calling all the action today. Fantastic work. Who is our broadcast assistant tonight, Alex? I'm sorry I didn't get down there. Andrew Sorensen. Thank you, Andrew, for all your fine work. Uh, thanks to Alex Lundberg, Lundy, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to the title sponsor of the postgame. That's Mark Miller's Subaru. Go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Tim Lacombe, thank you, sir. Alex, will you send me out with a 30-point bell for the break? Thank you. Donovan did have 30 tonight, 33. And for Donovan. Yeah, and for Donovan. We're standing behind him. Uh, Your final tonight, the Jazz fall uh, to the Sixers in Philadelphia, 131 to 123. As As I mentioned, our next broadcast will be a week from Friday, all-Star break is here, but the Rockets will be in town. That game tips off late. Going to be an 8 o'clock tip-off. Pre-game coverage begins at 7. And as always, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.